Welcome to part two, on deck with special guest head coach Mark Martinez of San Diego State University. In this segment, coach answers where he finds kids for his program, discusses the type of scholarship offers that are made to players, how to stack academic money, and whether or not you have to play for specific travel programs in order to be seen. Coach also offers his advice on weight training and gives advice to parents about what he wished they all knew when they started the process. You know, and so uh, we're, we're going to continue to follow up to, to kind of see how that, that experience is in high school and how, you know, that, that player is in that student athlete is uh, continuing to pro- progress and, and move the right way. Whether we get them or not, we're still going to follow up with those things until they say, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else or, hey, we're going to come to San Diego State. Obviously, that kicks a lot of other stuff into play. But uh, that's kind of what we try to do. Um, and, and, uh, it, it's working for us and it's still not a perfect system, but, but we're going to continue to try and, and get as close as we can to per- perfection. How often, how often do you actually, um, find kids that you didn't go out to see? Like you went to a showcase to view a specific couple of players and you happened to stumble on somebody else. Does that happen often? Cause I know your time obviously is valuable. The, the time of your staff is valuable in terms of recruiting, and you're going out to see, a, you know, a list of guys that you guys are, you know, considering for your team. When does that, you know, kind of need, not, I don't want to say needle in a haystack because obviously you're looking at top tier guys, but how often does that really happen that somebody catches your eye and you are stopping to take a really good look? For me personally, it happens a lot, you know, and, and I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, my son's playing high school baseball. So, I, you know, I kind of get two for ones there. If I, if I have an opportunity to go watch him play. Um, and then, you know, obviously with travel ball and those kinds of things, but, um, you know, it, it always goes back to how are you going to get noticed? Is that CHP grade? Can he play? And, um, you know, I might be sitting on a pitcher and all of a sudden I'm going to gravitate to that guy's getting after hustling, um, showing that he's engaged and it could be on a backfield at, you know, in Peoria, it's 120 degrees. Um, those kids, I, I, they catch my attention, you know, and, and it might not lead into anything, but I, it will lead to me going to the dugout and say, Hey, I need that guy's information right now. And I'll follow that up, you know, with a, you know, with a phone call to the high school coach and find out more about a kid. Um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, like right now we have a, a catcher in our program. His freshman, his name's Evan Syke. Um, played at San Marcos. He was behind. He's actually a catcher that was behind another guy that was kind of a famous dude. Um, and I went to see my son play a couple times against this high school. And, and, uh, I know the high school coach at San Marcos pretty well. He played at San Diego State. So, you know, and he kept telling me, you know, about this Evan Kenny DH once in a while. I go, how about catching him one time? And I said, I'm not trying to tell you your job, but go, go do it. Well, that day, obviously, you know, <clears throat> I, I asked to see him, but I was also there to, to um, we had a kid on, on my son's team, this kid was pitching. I was obviously there to kind of really bear down on that guy. And this kid just kept doing stuff the right way. And lo and behold, you know, the week later, I called a high school coach, needed stuff, let's kind of start this communication, find out he's an unbelievable student, four point whatever, um, you know, senior playing behind a guy that was super famous that's going to a big time division one school. Well, it turns out that, you know, who's the, who's the guy that's having an unbelievable fall and um, is moving his way into an opportunity to play a bunch as a freshman, my guy. 
you know, he came to San Diego State. He was a walk-on, um, you know, um, definitely just kind of be transparent there. Um, and walked on, obviously invited, walk-on, roster spot guy. And, and right now, um, he's, our, he's our number two catcher in our program. And really, it's been that continued progression. As remember, last spring was his senior year. And that guy continued to improve all summer into the fall. By the end of our fall, the guy's one of our better catchers, and and if we're start tomorrow, he's our backup catcher. And and so how how often does it happen? It does happen to me a lot um, because when I'm out there, uh, obviously I I love watching baseball and I love watching good baseball. And and when I see a kid that's a, that has a passion for it, I'm going to watch that guy for a little bit. He might not have the tools to play at our level, but I, I you know I'm going to tell you this. You know, I, I, again, watching my son this summer. Um, watching a, a travel ball deal this summer. Um, there was another school. I'm not going to tell you what other school it was, non-division one. Um, one, of, one of my son's teammates, really good little player, man, and, but not getting any attention. Nothing. Nothing's happening division one wise, right? And, and my son's really good friends with this kid. I kept telling him, Hey, look, you need to go play. And, and I was out, out at uh, Peoria. I'm like, Hey, well, this other school, I'm like, you need to come and watch this guy play because he's caught my attention all summer. And I would walk him on right now. And I said, but I don't have room for him. I mean, that kid has improved up to that point. And um, this other program was a Division II program here in California. Well, what happens the rest of the weekend? He's following this kid around because he caught his eye. And he, the kid caught my eye. Didn't play for my son's high school, but he caught my eye. And I'm like, God, that guy's pretty good, man. And all of a sudden, it gets to the point where back into the summer, I'm like, I might want to find a way to walk this guy on. Um, uh, but I don't have room for him in our 22 class, right-handed infielder, right? If he was a left-handed hitter, maybe. But uh, right-handed hitting infielder, I had a lot of those guys already. So and I anyway, think, sorry. I think lost, no, you're fine. And, and lost in the shuffle, I think, is the is the idea of a preferred walk-on. I think people don't even realize that that happens. <laughs> Uh, All the time. You touch on it just just for a moment uh, before we move. Yeah, on. so they just think about it. Normal year, and again, we'll see how this kind of plays out in this next uh, legislative cycle. But um, rosters thirty five. Okay, there's thirty five guys that you're allowed to have on your roster, and that roster, just so everyone knows, is that that roster does not have to be set until forty eight hours before your first game in the spring. So you could have fifty some dudes on your roster in the fall. Um, only 35 make it. And of those 35, um, <clears throat> 27 max can be on scholarship. Maximum. Can't have more than 27 guys on scholarship. So, again, you start doing the math. There's going to be eight guys that are not on money that are impacting your program immensely. And that is the invited walk-on dues. Those are the guys that we ask that come to you know get into school that's very difficult to get into walk on, earn a, earn a job. And what I will tell you is that um, that part of our program, and I would say most Division One coaches are going to say the same thing, that is kind of like the inner workings of your engine. That is a very, very important piece of what we're doing. And a lot of times those kids, when money does open up, maybe it's their sophomore, junior year, those kids are rewarded with scholarship money. Uh, if it's available, I'm telling you, and it happens in our program all the time. And uh, a couple of years ago, again, I don't, 2017 was his senior year. 
Um, we had a young man, his name's Danny Sheehan. He walked on um, his senior year, obviously, was on money. He was the Mountain West Player of the Year, but he's a walk-on. Um, and in his freshman year, he played left, center, right, third, short, second, first, um, and played everywhere. You know, and, and I would say he probably averaged one at-bat a game. But he played a lot as a freshman, as a walk-on. Um, but he played a lot of different positions. He, and he ended up being the Mountain West Player of the Year as the shortstop his senior year in college. And that's a testament to his hard work and his attitude, right? And obviously Absolutely. his role from the beginning. Absolutely. Let me ask, uh, because I did survey, I surveyed some listeners, and I said, if you had this opportunity, what would you want to know? What would you want to ask? Uh, I reframed reframed some of these questions. Uh, but, you know, so many of our parents are approached by programs. Uh, you mentioned travel ball, coaches will call you. And they're saying, well, you know what, if you want to play here, you want to play there, you're going to have to play for us because of the relationship or the ability to make a phone call or just because we are – we're the ones that are going to go to these type of tournaments. Um, and they kind of, you know, um, I don't want to say corner, but they definitely apply some pressure saying, you know, if you don't play for us, you're not going to get the opportunities that your kid deserves. What would be your advice to parents in this type of situation? Don't listen to that stuff. You know, I think, you know, what bottom line is, is that, you know, if you're good enough, you're going to be seen, you're going to be asked to play somewhere, whether it's Division One or not. Um, you know, really, you got to be very careful of, of that message. Um, I, I would say is that if, if a program is doing that, then they might, they, they, they're probably trying to build a clientele. They obviously don't have any kind of record of anything. Um, you know, but at the same time, um, if you're good, it, people are going to find you, whether you're playing high school baseball, travel baseball, whatever you're doing. Um, most importantly is you got to play. You know, I, the, the showcase stuff is is starting to get less and less um, uh, looked upon as a way to recruit kids. I think playing the game and, and finding opportunities to play in important games. I shouldn't say playing the game, playing in important games. Um, again, if you read between the lines, those are the high school games that, that a lot of kids that are getting the opportunity to do that. Um, playing games that people are going to find you. They're going to find you. Um, you don't have to pay. Uh, a bunch of money. If you live in Las Vegas, you don't need to go two weeks down to Atlanta and spend, you know, eight, ten thousand dollars just to go chase whatever um, with, with schools that are probably not going to recruit you. You know, you know, pick out some schools that you're really interested in. Go to their camps. Go go get in front of those coaches. You get you have a probably a, a great high school that you're playing for. You probably have a local travel ball team that's going to be just fine. Um, that are going to do the right things, find a way to train you, go out and play the game, um, but really do it the other way around. If you're interested in going to San Diego State, come to camp. And, and really, and I'm not trying to line my pockets. I'm telling you, it's probably a great way to know, is Coach Martinez an idiot? Does he really even know what he's talking about? Um, because in a camp setting, I'm going to work with an infielder. I'm going to work with hitters. I'm going to be around guys throwing bullpens. You're going to find out real quick whether that's even a fit or not, then you have to dive deeper into it and say, okay, well, I want to go to San Diego State. It's a really cool deal, but my passion in life is going to be, um, I want to be a, a forest ranger. Well, we don't have that. We don't have, you know what I'm saying? And so that's it. That's, you know, you're just going to go to school and be miserable or do you really want to go do what you want to do? And so um, you're going to be found as long as you're a good player. 
You don't need to go showcase. You don't need to go pay a bunch of money to showcase yourself. And you can go to one or, you know, really showcase would be go to camp. Spend your money that way. If you're interested in going to uh, um, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, go to their camp. If you're interested in going to UNLV, go to their camp. Find out. Be around the coaches and then find out. Is the head coach going to be at camp? Is it a prospect camp or is it a money maker? You know, if you see prospect camp and the, the, the clientele's limited to about 40, 45 guys, that's a good one because you're going to have all the coaches, on, you know, in there watching it. Um, if it's a money maker, there's, you know, 100 some guys there at the camp and probably not a good situation for you. You know, so I would say get in front of coaches, find out. And then, then the next piece of that is let's say you're a 23 grad, go and look at the roster. Okay, go and figure it out. Go and look at the roster and say, okay, here's here's you know San Diego State's roster, and I'm a I'm an outfielder, right? I'm a right-handed hitting outfielder. Let's just go that route. Um, and I look at our roster and how many guys are listed as outfielders, and then do your homework because some might say infield, outfield, could say catcher, outfield. Count those people, you know. And and, and I can tell you right now, we have seven of those guys right now on our campus and and they're not all pure outfielders um, but that's being honest you know i don't need to go recruiting more outfielders in the 22 23 class i don't um and so look at the roster figure out okay i'm a left-handed hitting outfielder i see on san diego states and this is not the case but i'm just using an example i see on san diego states out of out of the six guys that they have on campus four of them are right-handed hitting outfielders that's probably a good spot for me because I'm a left-handed guy. I know I could I could squeeze my way in a lineup because I have something to offer. If I'm a right-handed hitting outfielder and look at that same scenario, probably not a good good deal. I've never so. seen a situation where you had too many lefties. <laughs> exactly. I've never seen exactly. That. You gotta have yeah. Uh, the left-handed anything in college baseball def, definitely makes a difference. It really does because the best pitching in college baseball is right-handed arms. Um, the best pitching that, that left-handers that, that play high school baseball typically are going to professional baseball. So, so the best best pitching in college baseball is right-handed pitching. So to offset that, got to have some quality lefties to kind of offset that a little bit. I've got two more questions on the recruiting topic. Hey, Mo, hey Mo can, I, can I just step in for a minute? Absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, all the stuff, Coach, that you just mentioned, uh, the best part of that is, is that from a – cost standpoint, uh, that's very minimal, right? So a few things I heard is do your research on rosters to understand if it's a fit. I've often told players all the time, you know, you could be a catcher selling yourself to a school, but not asking the school, what do you need? Uh, You're you're pigeoning yourself down a road that that they don't need you. The other thing is, is that I heard you say, you know, so important in life is to start building relationships, going to camps. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and so that's, you know, that's the thing I want to get out of this podcast is how do we better show um, things of value and then put it back on the kid to do his research uh, and his homework. No different than when you go and look for a job, right? You write a resume, you do your research, and you understand. You know, I, I've often told kids all the time, if you would take 30 minutes less on social media, your telephone, and come back to me and give me five junior colleges, five division ones, five division twos, and five threes tell me what you want to study what do you want to do after your studies and then why do you want to play baseball at that particular program but we don't do those things 
And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I just want to say thanks for sharing that because I, that's exactly what, you know, the purpose of this podcast is that I want to share with, with, you know, all the players. So I uh, love that. Well, you know, uh, and, and, that thing, yeah, and I, and I love that, Dave. I mean, the bottom line is, is this, is that, um, I know we're talking to parents, right? We're talking to players right now, right? We're talking to them. And I can tell you that, that people probably spend more time choosing a, a new car than they do a college anymore. And, and, and that's what's crazy about it is that, you know, what I want kids to understand is that, that don't take this decision lightly. This is a life decision, you know, within, within the, in the framework of your entire life. If you have a, if you live a full life, you, you, you were going to live to 90 years old. And, and really, you're looking at four years of your life that are early stage of your life that can be very impactful on what path you're going to go through the rest of your life living to 90 years old. And so you can't sit here and just say, well, I'm going to go because, the, you know, there's a shiny object that's, that's really um, attracting, you know, my attention. They're, they're, you know, they have attention in me or they want really want me. And I'm going to go there because it looks cool on Twitter or it looks cool at the at the water cooler. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start to look back and, you, you know, you're going into your senior summer. And and all of a sudden you look at you finally do your research. You look at the roster and you're a right handed pitcher. And, you, and all of a sudden you look at the roster at Shiny Object University and um, holy cow, there there's nine right handed pitchers. And, and out of those nine, six of them are, are uh, sophomores, two of them are freshmen, one junior. Like, oh, I'm in trouble, you know. And, and and that happens, right? And and so now, is are they really committed to the school for what is their career path? Not baseball. What is their career path? How is this school going to impact me lifetime? Um, Coach, do your research. It, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say I, I wanted to piggyback on that. Um, what would you say about the trend about um, kids? So your your average GPA at San Diego State is 3.77. You have an ACT range of 22 to 29. What would you say about the current trend it, just in general in college baseball about eighth and ninth graders committing? When they well, again, visited it, it, college campuses? A, I guess that the, what I – yeah, I – I get it, you know, and, and we're guilty, right? We're recruiting those guys. We're guilty. We, you know, I'm not. I don't think that we have any commits in the 25 class or anything like that. And, um, but uh, I don't like it. Be honest with you. You know, as you think, uh, you think about asking a 15, 14, 15 year old to make a life decision, right? Um, and and uh, uh, when they can't get their face out of their phone for more than you know 35 seconds, you know, and so. Uh, it, to me, you know, again, I tell parents that when they come on campus, they say, please understand this. I will never put a deadline on a kid to make a decision to come to San Diego State. So if we offer a kid, I never say, hey, you have 10 days to respond. And I said, because, again, I'm not going to put pressure on a kid like that. If you don't if you don't feel like San Diego State's the place for you, don't come. Don't come to San Diego State just because it's really cool. We got we got beautiful girls. We have palm trees. It's a vacation destination. If you're coming here for that, it's the wrong decision. If you're coming here to, to that you know that the next four years of your life, and I'm talking your education, is going to impact you for the rest of your life. That's that's probably more important than anything else. 
And so if you want to come in as a kinesiology major and that is your career path, is San Diego State going to have the program that's going to impact your life the rest of your 90 years on earth? Um, then I, I'm going to accept that commitment. And, and, and so there's so no time frame for that. It still has to work out academically. It still has to work right. out, you know, mutual interest and mm-hmm. the growth as the player and so forth. Absolutely. Um, okay. Right. And here's, the, here's another one, Dave. And, and again, here's the other one. Kids don't look at how long is the coach going to be there? What's his contract? You know, what's happening? What's their track record? You know, shiny new object. That, that coach could be 500 or less coach, right? It's just it's a cool place to go to school. You know, but is that what's the winning? What's the have they, you know, how many regional, how many championships, how many kids have have graduated, right? How many kids have, uh, you know, returned to school to get their post secondary degree? I'm sorry, a postgraduate degree. Um, You know, how how many of those kids are out there doing it, right? You know, and so how long is the coach in place? That is so critical. You could be a, a, a ninth grader right now, okay? You can be in ninth grade. For, for me, I just signed a, you, you had mentioned this, I, I just signed an extension in 2026. Well, start doing the math. At the end of my contract, you, you come on campus, I could be gone. Right. You know, and so, um, and, and that's what I, uh, just going back to what do I think about early recruiting is awful for me. And, and, and again, it goes back to life recruiting or life, <clears throat> life changing decisions. That the problem, again, and, and you, we all see it, is that if something doesn't work out, because this is kind of how we're growing our kids through baseball, if something doesn't go work out, we're going to go pay someone else to make something better for me, so I want to go do something else. That doesn't work out. I don't like that program. I don't like it. the tournaments they go to. I'm going to go pay someone else to go here. Um, and then um, I'm going to make that snap decision to go to the shiny object university, and it's the, not the right fit. And all of a sudden now, I'm going to go put myself in the transfer portal because it's hard. It's hard to freaking play. It's hard to do, do schoolwork. And I'm going to go in the transfer portal. Why? Because, well, it's not my fault that I'm messing up. It's, it's the people that, that are doing it. And so I'm going to put myself in the transfer portal. Well, what happens with all that, again, is that no really good decisions making has been done on the front end. And then in real time, poor decision making is happening as well. And so you're putting a young person in, in, in a very difficult place, knowing that by, if you transfer, guess what? You're delaying your graduation time. Now you're going to be 23 when you graduate, be 24, depending on when your birthday is. You really want to be in school that long? It's going to be a five and a half year plan rather than a four and a half year plan. Um, you know, and, and we're not thinking that way. So just going back to those metrics that you were talking about earlier, 2% of high school players play division one baseball it's an amazing stat it's an amazing stat um how many guys go on to play professional baseball from division one baseball well it's, it's at about a one percent it's, it's a small number you know it's about a 1.7 percent those guys get that opportunity and then once you get to minor league baseball how many of those guys make it to the big leagues and stay in the big leagues um more than four years that's one percent um, and they may, they're making a living. That means they've gotten the free agency, right? They've signed a big contract. That's when you know that you've made a difference. And so, um, my whole deal is it's a life decision based on how, how is the university going to change your life for the rest of your life? Um, and, and so 
that's kind of the kids that we're looking for. I don't know if that's the right way to do it. But what I can tell you is when we put that program in place, we've won a lot of baseball games. We've been to regionals. Um, our kids are graduating from college and, and our guys are out there doing it. I'm, I'm really proud of that. And we're going to continue to try and move that direction oh, for sure. Phenomenal. And it's phenomenal information. I'm going to transition to probably one <clears throat> more burning question. Um, you know, you narrowed down your list of athletes in which your program's interested and you've, you've vetted a player. All right. You may choose to offer a scholarship. San Diego State's tuition is listed as $31,484 for in-state students. It's $43,364 for an out-of-state student. Um, we know that you have 11.7 scholarships right, to offer. What constitutes a typical offer? What's a typical offer from, you know, for, and whether it's your program or any program you've been a part of or just in general, um, what would be an exceptional offer and really does anybody get a hundred percent? I mean, well, yeah, a hundred percent says no, not, not from athletic money. You know, kids could be on hundred percent with, with uh, financial aid or in some cases, academic aid. Absolutely. And, and we say that, that package is loans. Is student right. Loans. Part, and it could be that yeah, part of it is, is student loans. Right. And so um, not very many guys are being offered a hundred percent baseball money. Um, because with 11.7, in order to build a roster, you're going to have to spread spread that out. So the, the money spit really very simply put is that, is that um, the bigger the bigger scholarships, you know, the the 50 to 60 percent maybe scholarships going to go on the mound. You know, you're, you're going to start you're going to start there. You know, and, and um, our largest guy on scholarship right now um, is on 65 percent. Um, he's pretty good. He's, he's, a, he's a really good, low, he's a good player. Um, but our best guy is on 39%. Um, and he throws 98 miles an hour. It's pretty good. <laughs> so, um, we have great coaching in San Diego state. So, um, <laughs> oh, and by the way, <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's where it starts. You're going to spend your money in the middle. So it starts on the mound, right? You're going to move to the premier positions and spend a little bit more money. Uh, catcher, shortstop, center fielder, you're going to start looking at those guys and you're going to spend a little bit more money. You're not going to give them Friday night pitcher money, right? That's not happening. Um, but a premier player, you know, a premier shortstop, premier catcher can be you know, on the 50% range. That's a really smoking deal. Um, you're, you're taking up a big chunk of money. For position player right and, and um our, i think our our largest number on scholarship right now currently is 55 percent as a hitter um it's shortstop right um uh, i think i had mentioned a, a freshman catcher from last year um that plays every position his name's uh, i can't even tell his name anyway um well, super and- famous dude he's on he's on 40 percent, but he's also a two-way guy he's, he's one of our closers he's a catcher he plays center field he's a great player <laughs> he's on 40 percent um and you know doing just fine by himself so that's kind of how it works not, when you start what people I'm may sorry? not i said what people may not know is that 25 percent is the minimum that somebody can be 25 percent so is the minimum you, you can't go below 25 percent currently you can with a, a guy on on your roster but to offer anything less than 25% is not allowed by the NCAA. Right. And, and so look at what's it. So, I said, you're, you're essentially trying to make school affordable for them to be able to come to your school and play at your school. Right. And I, I try to, so, and I, I kind of, uh, 
I, I do some college consulting in terms of academic and, and so mm-hmm. forth. And I tell people, you know, when they start talking about sports, you know, 25% off $60,000 is still 45,000. <laughs> right. I mean, you're yeah. still looking at a, at a large number that you have to be willing to spend. Uh, exactly. And I think that sometimes people have a misconception that once you're on scholarship, um, that you're free and clear. Not happening. You know, and again, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, as a baseball player, the, the nature of the beast is that you're going to, you, you just need to come to a realization as a parent, you're going to have to pay out of pocket. And it's going to happen. You can stack though, correct? You can stack between athletic money and academic. Yeah. And, and again, the, those metrics are based on what, what the school says, right? And so, um, to maintain that academic money and to qualify for that academic money is definitely the school-based academic aid, <coughs> whether it's in-state or out-of-state. <coughs> Excuse me. And so you can use that as long as they qualify for that. And then, obviously, they have to maintain a certain level of academic excellence once they re- are on campus to keep that money flowing their direction. If, if they, you know, some of them would be Let's just say it's, uh, you know, you have to have a 3.2 cumulative to keep your academic aid. Well, again, you start looking at that, getting in the door is pretty cool. After that, you might lose that money after your first year because, again, life happens. Uh, freshman year, transfer in the fall, you know, tra- transitioning from high school to to uh, uh, Division One baseball, it's hard in the fall. And then all of a sudden the spring hits, <coughs> a vicious pace starts to happen. It's 56 games, you're rolling. And at the end of the year, you're still a good student, but now all of a sudden your cumulative is at two nine, and you've lost your academic aid. Well, now you have to pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can stack it absolutely. Um, you know, with FAFSA money, any of those types of things, yes, you can use that Pell Grant, student loans, those kinds of things to kind of offset the cost. Absolutely. Can you can you shed some light um, again? This this D one plus <coughs> mentality, which uh, you know clearly you can tell my bias against it. Uh, but can you shed some light on the type of commitment that's required by your players, kind of uh, what their schedule's like off-season and then in-season since you're already touching upon it? And, and where do you feel that, you know, the hardest transition is for the freshmen coming in? Well, hardest transition really is the time management piece. You know, I think uh, um, they really don't, you know, there's really no way to prepare for them. What we do in our program is we bring them in in the summer prior to their Starting school, um, they come in the back end of the second session of summer school, really to kind of get acclimated to college. They take two classes. They move in their dorms. Really smart. Um, really and, smart. <laughs> yeah. Mean, as, yeah. As somebody who went through the transition, I'm like, wow, I wish they'd done that. That's yeah. So great. so we do that to kind of ease that, you know, Band-Aid ripping off. He's, you know, dropping your kids off at school when everybody else is there. We do that in the summer when not very many people are on campus. They can move in their dorms, take their time. There's not a bunch of stuff going on. Um, they take two classes, but really the, the, the biggest thing is time management. It's not, it's not going to the weight room or, you know, going on a baseball field and, you know, you're going to catch up to that. If you're a baseball player, you're a baseball player, right? Right. You know, the, the shock could be all of a sudden you're standing there, a guy throws, you know, 93 with sink now. That, that could be a little shock to the system, but you know, you, you get acclimated to that. You know, if you're a baseball a division one guy, you should be able to acclimate that. The biggest thing is that, time management piece is probably the most important thing. Um, like I said earlier, it, you know, school, baseball, all the stuff that, that, that kind of goes every single day, it takes up a lot of your day. So an example of a day would be, 
Um, you know, you get up, you have an eight or nine o'clock class. You have class from, you know, eight or nine to 11 or 12. You go get some lunch. You're supposed to be on the yard at um, one o'clock. Um, we start practice. We're done at four. We go to the weight room from, you know, 4.30 to 5.45. That's dinner time, right? You got to have some food. Then that night you're going to have uh, mentor tutor meetings that could last until 9, 9.30. And then on top of that, you're going to have some homework that you probably have to finish up. And the hard part, again, is the time management uh, piece. Coach, time out, time out. You're in San Diego. You're, you've got a beautiful campus. You've, you've got a you know, wonderful setting. You forgot to mention the beach, the parties, and the girls. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult. Now, here's what I'll tell you is that, you know, is that we – we understand that the schedule is vicious um, and, and we try to teach them those time management skills in order to open up opportunities. Again, if you put those things in front of school and baseball, you're going to fail miserably in school and baseball. Um, but if you take care of school and baseball in, the, in a timely fashion, some of those opportunities are going to open up, right? You're going to have everything locked down. You know, you, you got a day off. Let's say we give you a Sunday off or whatever. There there's goes the beach or whatever, as long as you have everything done. Um, and, and so that's the hardest transition for, for young people is that what you just said, there's all this stuff coming at them, man. You know, you, you, you got the pretty girls, you got the beach, you got all this stuff going on. Um, and and if, if they get, you know, like uh, if they get their attention that direction, they're going to fail. And not fail, they're going to struggle big time. Um, if they can say, I got something to do, and then go do that stuff, those typically, those those are the guys that kind of transition. I mentioned our, our catcher. Again, he's a, he, he's a really good student. He takes care of business, but he also can go to a basketball game, right, here and there, go, to, go, go watch our football team or whatever. And so taking care of those things first is the, the hardest thing as freshmen is time management for sure. And as a parent, when, when my kid struggles to come home from practice, eat and do his homework and complains about being tired, he has no idea. <laughs> he has no I have idea. no idea. They have right. no idea what that really means. Cause you yeah, it's a full up. day. You know, and, and, and I think you, you had asked a question is about when does it start and when does it end? Here's what I'll tell you is when you get on campus, um, it never ends until you graduate that, <clears throat> you know, we, we have, we have stuff that we are doing from the day you get on campus until you finish your 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 uh, <coughs> transition through through college, and it's through summer, it's through winter break. You are there are things that you're having to check boxes just for baseball alone. And so, as a hitter, I can promise you this: the minute you step on campus, you will live four days a week the rest of your time until you're on at San Diego State. Fall. Winter, spring, summer, four days a week, without fail, game day, doesn't matter. You're lifting four days a week. And there, it's not, I'm tired, I'm not lifting. You're lifting. You're lifting. You might play Friday night at 6. You're in the weight room at 9 o'clock. It's happening. And and uh, so we try to get them in that routine. They understand that the, the lifting, the fitness piece is never going to go away. Yeah, and there's no, quote, unquote, time off from the weight room. It's not happening. When you come, come on campus, having not lifted, I'm sorry. do guys come in having not been on some type of strength regimen? Not like this. I can promise you that. That That is a little bit of a big 
you know, kicking the groin when all of a sudden they figure out that the strength program is a little different than when they might be doing. But they should um, be on you know, one. I mean, they should definitely be on one. if they're They should be it. and find one that can, you know, two days a week for sure. Um, move weight, man. If you're going in and you're just doing, you're just doing, uh, you know, J bands and med balls, move weight. I'm just telling you, move weight. And I'm not telling you to be an offensive lineman and <laughs> squat 600 pounds and bench 300s, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But you should move weight, right? Move weight, high, high amount of reps and move weight and challenge yourself in the weight room that direction. Um, at least twice a week, get in there and be challenged. Four days a week. You know, obviously we have a program, we have a great strength coach that kind of designs everything. But just to kind of reiterate is that from that summer, they come on in, as a freshman, they start off five days a week for four weeks, and then they go four days a week the rest of the time they're here. And they are checking in. They are making sure that they're tracking what they're doing. It's not just we hand them stuff. They have to track what they're doing. Um, and you can tell if a guy's fudged or not, right? You can tell if a guy's actually writing down what he's doing during a deal. So, um, you know, and, and what I'll tell you is that, that you know, and, and I'll get off this subject is the weight program, but I'm going to tell you right now, the kids that, that I talk to and I call them kids cause I'm old now that are playing professional baseball. Um, <clears throat> that's probably the first thing they tell me. They say, if I didn't do the weight program that's designed for me at, at San Diego state, I would have never made it to the big leagues. And, and, and sometimes again, it's, it's not even the physical piece of it. It's committing here. It's understanding when I go in the weight room, I'm fully engaged. I'm not just checking a box, man. I am getting after it. Mental toughness. And, and, and that, that is the, that is the difference maker. And I, and Alan Trejo played for the Colorado Rockies this past summer. He was up and down in the big leagues. Um, you know, he, he, he texted me and said, again, he just said, Hey, thank you. He goes, I know I really wasn't mentally engaged until my sophomore year of college. He says, and, and now I wish I could go back. He goes, now I'm, he's, he's not on the door of the big leagues, like an everyday guy. And he said, if I could go back for that one, it, it would have changed my trajectory going to the big leagues a little quicker. And so again, it's, it's really, it's not physical, it's mental engagement when you go and do it. Last question for you, and, and I appreciate the amount of time that you've given us at this point. Just phenomenal That's information. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. information. But, um, and this is, this is your open forum, I guess. What do you wish players and parents knew or understood prior to the entire process? I mean, you're talking these kids, some parents are pushing as young as, they've got six-year-old travel teams. You know, eight, nine, ten, so forth. People are talking about college at ten. You know, down to juniors have not visited college campuses and are talking about applying to places that they've never seen or right. even gone onto Google Earth. So, in your experience, uh, which it's vast, obviously, what what do you wish you know people knew? Before they even start, not even is a couple of things. That, one, I'll start with the academic piece. You know, is that just understanding that 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 hold your hold your young people accountable in that area, not for the baseball piece. Baseball piece is going to take care of itself. They have a passion for it. They're going to continue to get better and and and, and matriculate the right way. Hold them accountable academically, no matter what. 
And that's kindergarten, first grade, third grade, eighth grade. Hold them accountable. Don't let them, don't let them cut corners academically. Find a way to challenge them. They get to senior year and they, and they can sit there and go, teacher's assistant, da, da, da. No, no, no. Take AP classes. Challenge them because that is going to make a difference in their, again, lifetime. Not just this little small little window that we're trying to, to get to college. And this one, this one might sting a little bit. What I wish more parents would understand is, um, when, when you have a child starts saving money for college, period in the story, it doesn't matter if they're a good baseball player, doesn't matter if they're a good football player, doesn't matter if they're a volleyball player, doesn't matter. Put yourself in a position to where if there's no sports, your kids can go to college very comfortably and you can help them out with, with setting yourself up financially to go for your people to go to college. And, and I think that's probably the biggest thing is that, you know, when I sit down and talk about scholarship money, the easier conversations always are uh, a, a mom or a dad saying, listen, we're in a good place. What are you offering us? We understand what baseball is all about. We understand the scholarship structure. You know, what are you offering us? Hey, I'm going to offer you, you know, 35%. You know, you're, you're a third, you know, right-handed hitting third baseman. And they, and they're like, Hey man, we, we got the rest of it covered. We're good. Appreciate the offer. Thank you so much. You know, where they've, they've planned ahead. They know that, that they have this much in a kitty for a four year period of time in order to either pay for college or to offset the cut if they do have an opportunity to get a scholarship. So those two things, academics and and planning ahead, you know, long-term financially is really, and again, if you're spending, if you're spending, you know, $10,000 to go down to Atlanta twice a summer, you're probably spending your money wrong. Save that money for college, man. All right, coach. Really appreciate it. Uh, That was head coach, San Diego state, Mark Martinez. Uh, We were joined by Dave Ming and to all the listeners out for on deck baseball podcast Thank you so much for tuning in. So insightful, Coach. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, and I'll come visit you at the beach when you give those guys a summer <laughs> off. Absolutely, man. Come on over. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm honored that you, that you asked. And and uh, so thank you very much. And, you know, best in baseball, right? Let's keep grinding and, and, and uh, flooding people with great information. And what you're doing is awesome. So thank you for including me. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate, appreciate your time. We'll be rooting yeah, thanks, for you David. in the spring. Definitely rooting for you. That was head coach Mark Martinez from San Diego State University. Once again, Coach, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Next time on On Deck, a baseball podcast, head coach Harold Eckert from the local team, The Express, will join us and discuss youth development from the ages of 7 to 12, how he took his team from a local elite to a national powerhouse. Thank you very much. Have a great night.